A much colder night, that one, I think. A second officer, a young student from Boston, replied. It'll be cold enough here soon. The first officer, a major, said, There's only two months till Christmas. When the major had marched to war, newspapers had promised that the rebellion would be over by fall. But now the major was wondering whether he would be home with his wife and three children for the family rituals of Christmas. On Christmas Eve they sang carols on Boston Common. The children's faces lit by lanterns hung on poles, and afterward there were warm punch and slivers of cooked goose in the church vestry. Then on Christmas Day they went to his wife's parents' farm in Stoughton, where they harnessed the horses and the children laughed in delight as they trotted down country roads in a cloud of snow and a tinkling of sleigh bells. And I rather suspect General Washington's organization was superior to ours. The student turned lieutenant said in an amused voice, his name was Holmes, and he was clever enough to awe his superiors, but usually intelligent enough not to let that cleverness alienate their affections. I'm sure our organization will suffice, the major said, just a little too defensively. I'm sure you're right, Lieutenant Holmes said though he was not sure of that fact at all. Three regiments of northern troops waited to cross, and there were just three small boats to carry them from the Maryland shore to the island that lay close to the river's far bank, upon which island the troops must land before re-embarking on two more boats for the final short crossing to the Virginia mainland. Doubtless they were crossing the river at the spot closest to the enemy encampment, but Lieutenant Holmes could not really understand why they did not cross a mile upstream, where no island obstructed the river. Maybe, Holmes surmised, this was such an unlikely crossing place that the rebels would never think to guard it. And that seemed the best explanation he could find. But if the choice of crossing place was obscure, at least the night's purpose was clear. The expedition would climb the Virginia bluffs to attack the rebel camp and capture as many Confederates as possible. Some rebels would get away, but those fugitives would find their flight blocked by a second Yankee force that was crossing the river five miles downstream. That force would cut the turnpike that led from Leesburg to the rebel headquarters at Centerville, and by trapping the defeated rebel forces, it would provide the North with a small but significant victory to prove that the Army of the Potomac could do more than just drill and train and mount impressive parades. The capture of Leesburg would be a welcome bonus, but the Knight's real purpose was to prove that the newly trained Army of the Potomac was ready and able to whip the rebels ragged. To which end, The small boats struggled back and forth in the mist. Each crossing seemed to take forever, and to the impatient men on the Maryland shore the waiting files seemed to get no shorter. The 15th Massachusetts was crossing first, and some men in the 20th Massachusetts feared that their sister regiment would capture the enemy camp long before the few boats succeeded in ferrying the 20th across the river. Everything seemed so slow and clumsy.
Rifle butts clattered on gunnels, and bayonet scabbards snagged themselves on the bushes at the water's edge as the men clambered into the rowboats. At two in the morning a larger boat was discovered upstream and brought down to the crossing-place, where it was greeted with an ironic cheer. It seemed to Lieutenant Holmes that the waiting men were making a lot of noise, enough surely to alert any rebels who might be guarding the Virginia bank. But no challenge sounded through the mist, and no rifle-shots echoed from the high wooded slope that loomed so ominously beyond the island. "'Does the island have a name?' Lieutenant Holmes asked the Major, who had spoken so wistfully of Christmas. "'Harrison's Island, I think. Yes, Harrison's.' It sounded an undramatic name to Lieutenant Holmes. He would have preferred something nobler to have marked the twentieth Massachusetts baptism of fire, maybe a name with the iron ring of Valley Forge, or the simple noble.